Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Update, Brandify's podcast where we focus on recent changes and updates in the local search space in order to help you prepare for the week ahead. I'm Dustin Hayes, Director of Marketing at Brandify, and I'm joined by my co-host, Damian Rawlson, Brandify's VP of Market Developments and Strategic Partnerships. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump into your weekly update. Hello. In our first item for this week, there are several announcements that came out of Google's marketing live stream event last week. And so I'm going to list a few of those in short order. Uh, First, the customer match product, which lets advertisers upload first party data to enable custom uh, targeting in Google search, shopping, Gmail, and YouTube is now available to all advertisers with no minimum spend requirement. There had been a spend requirement in the past, but that has now been removed, enabling more people to make use of the customer match product. Uh, Google's Ads Insights report, which is itself relatively new, uh, just appeared late last year, has a new feature called Demand Forecasts, which gives a 90-day prediction of search behavior that's relevant to ad campaigns. Uh, Google's also rolling out the automated Performance Max ad campaign type to more advertisers and adding reporting for that product in Ads Insights with an expectation that there will be a global launch for Performance Max later this year. There uh, is also the announcement of the addition of product feeds to more ad campaign types, including video action campaigns, as well as discovery ads. And in addition to the announcement at Google I.O. of expanded report for product feed integration with Shopify, Google has now announced that it will also offer integration support for retailers who use GoDaddy, Square, and WooCommerce. Finally, Google unveiled some new local ad formats, including auto-suggest ads, which display results based on the user's location, navigational ads, which uh, show sponsored uh, listings when a user is en route to a location and using Google Maps to navigate there, and similar places ads, which appear when the business you're searching for is closed, and Google will showcase then other similar businesses that are open right now. And finally, local inventory ads have a new pickup later option in addition to the already existing pickup today and curbside pickup. Stefan Sombrock posted a screenshot on Twitter of an odd new option in one of the GMB edit screens that are part of the new search-based interface for updating GMB profiles. This edit option allows users to hide the business phone number so that it does not appear in the business profile. The toggle appears not in the business information screen where the phone number can be edited, but under the advanced settings where it appears in a miscellaneous list of settings for turning Google Assistant support on and off, managing your store code, and so on. We're able to reproduce this on our own, so it appears to have been rolled out broadly, although it's hard to understand why any business would want to hide its phone number from customers. Perhaps the intention is for this to be done temporarily in case the business is unable to answer the phone. Again, this is a new feature and only available in the search interface, not in the GMB dashboard. Next, we have another edition of Darren Shaw's WhiteSpark Weekly video, where in this uh, edition, he showcases the use of the GMB products feature. So as you may know, 
This is a feature that was first launched in 2019. It's a tab that appears in the GMB dashboard for most business categories. There are a couple of exceptions to who has access to that feature, but most categories do. It allows you to list products, add photos of products, prices, and also product categories. And Shaw says that this is really um, a feature that more businesses should make use of. In a recent study, only 4% of businesses were found to be using the products feature. It actually appears pretty prominently in the business profile. There are some screenshots of that in Shaw's presentation uh, that you can check out uh, by linking, uh, looking at the link in the uh, Monday Memo post. And uh, Shaw says you can use the products feature even to showcase non-product offerings such as services you offer or brands you carry. So uh, a lot to explore in making use of the GMB products feature. Phil Rosek has a new post covering the ins and outs of service pages. In the post, he says the advice he offers can apply equally well to pages covering products sold by a business. Service pages, Rosek writes, can be a great help with organic ranking and with getting your associated GMB listings to appear in the three-pack results. They're one of the most important factors in overall ranking for a business and should be one of the first tactics a business deploys when getting started with local SEO. He recommends incorporating FAQ content, photos, videos, reviews, case studies, and other rich content to make your service pages stand out. You should not, however, create a separate service page for every location you serve, simply in order to rank for more geographies. Rosette goes into detail about these recommendations in a long list of additional tactics, so we definitely recommend checking out his post. Next, we have a report on the economy of fake reviews. In a recent post, Greg Sterling reported on the fake review economy as a major challenge that's being faced today both by Google and Amazon. He cited a recent investigation by the CBC in Canada, which claims that there's a growing black market of fake reviewers on Google that is responsible not only for posting fake positive reviews for hire, but also posting fake negative reviews in an attempt to extort businesses to pay for their removal. The CBC's investigation uncovered a little over 1,200 businesses across North America that were connected by about 200 fake accounts and posted about 3,500 fake reviews. Uh, so this was the network that they investigated. Um, they noted that individual fake reviews might not be very conspicuous. You have to look at the patterns in lots of these fake reviews in order to start to notice, for instance, things like th the same set of unrelated reviewers posting reviews for a list of businesses spread out in locations throughout the United States. Uh, so those kinds of signs tend to point to the fake review networks. Fake reviews are sold openly through social media accounts on Facebook and elsewhere, given that writing fake reviews and requesting payment for removal of negative reviews are not illegal. So they are able to be advertised uh, openly on the internet. Uh, Google does actively take down both fake reviews and the accounts that create them, but there are many indications that this process is not as thorough as it should be. In the CBC's study of the 200 or so fake accounts that they identified, after two months, Google had only taken down 20 of those fake accounts. 
UK-based SEO specialist Levi Williams has a post on the Bright Local blog about the Q&A feature in Google My Business and how to make the best use of it. Her recommendations make it clear that GMB Q&A is yet another place where a business has the opportunity to monitor and improve its online reputation. Though Q&A is not a ranking factor, most local SEOs agree that strong input from the business leads to better engagement and conversion. Williams recommends that the business check their questions regularly, use the upvote feature to get their content to appear more predominantly, and analyze the content in Q&A as a source to help improve website information and social content. That's a wrap on this week's updates. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out on Brandify.com and the Brandify blog, where you can find more information about the topics we've covered here today. You can also subscribe to the weekly update on your favorite podcast service so you never miss an episode. I'm Dustin Hayes, along with Damian Rawlson, and we'll see you next time on the weekly update.